Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Welcome back to Pine and Pint podcast. You definitely know us by now. And if you don't, what have you been doing for the past six, seven weeks in lockdown? So we are now going to be joined by Tommy Lee. I hope you enjoy this footage. So thank you very much, Tommy, for coming on. Yes, thank you. No problem. How are you doing? Pleasure. I'm good, yeah, not bad. Ticking over. <laughs> so the first thing that I really wanted to touch on was who was your sort of football hero growing up and what sort of made you want to become a goalkeeper? Uh, without question, Peter Schmeichel. Uh, Man United fan. Uh, started off playing outfield. Uh, my, dad, my dad was actually manager of uh, under eights, under nines. Uh, teams that I played in, I used to play right back, centre midfield. Just used to fall out with my old man on the sidelines, and it got to the point where he said, "Right, you're going in net," because he were a keeper himself. So stuck me in net, and yeah, uh, that were it really. Peter Schmeichel, and then getting that, getting that taste when I was young. Decent. So I've actually got a question around Man United. So when you was when you was there, you was part of the sort of Man United reserve team that won the sort of quadruple in 2005-2006 season. What was that like coming through the youth setup at a team at the size of Man United and the people that you played with? And one you supported as well. Yeah. Do you know what? I look back now and it was. You take it, I took it for granted a little bit. I was probably a little bit uh, overawed by the situation when I think back now. Uh, got really defensive, a lot of good players around me, uh, yeah. going from being the best best young keeper about in, in Keithley, in, in Bradford. And even with Man U, I played down in age, under 12s, under 13s, under 14s. And I genuinely believed by the time I was six, by the time I was 19, I'd be playing for Man United. Genuinely believed it. Uh, and I got in the building and had a bit of a realisation that this is probably going to be harder than I, I think. And instead of seeing that as like a bit of an opportunity. I probably went the opposite way a little bit. But I can I can say that now, looking back at the time, I wasn't aware. It's just, you're a kid, aren't you? Uh, but yeah, a little bit overawed. But on the flip side, it's Man United was, and I, I still think, best club in the world. And uh, to get that opportunity and wear the kit, I remember the first time I put the kit on, uh, it was like, wow, Man United wearing the kit, playing games for Man U, brilliant. Yeah. Um, we spoke to Phil Tooley as well. He's... Um... His, his family's friends with, with my wife's family, and he said you were you were sharing digs with Gerard Piquet. Did you did you see him as the Colossus World Cup Champions League winning centre half? Uh, do you know what? Uh, in a word, no. <laughs> uh, that'd be the honest answer. Listen, you could. You, it, it was clear to see even at 17, 18, 19, he had he had the lot. Uh, not sure. He fancied the English game as uh, early in his career. Uh, we had discussions, and he, he used to ask me, "Tommy, why why do people always grab me and kick me?" And, and uh, but listen, he, he was a top top player, and uh, he's gone on to prove that in his career. But yeah, the answer to that question would be a no. <laughs> did, did he look like a werewolf even then, or did you see it brown? <laughs> Your words, Emily. Uh, he was a big. He was still a big lad. I remember. I remember when he, he came around the digs with his mum. Uh, introduced himself to the to the family. He was going to be moving in with us, and I remember thinking, yeah, he's a big lad. Him, uh, and obviously, 
he's a he'd be six foot four, six foot five. So that that was a, my initial memory when he when he first come round, like yeah, yeah. So from then you did go to Macclesfield. I, were, I weren't going to ask this one, but because you've sort of said that you were sort of a little bit blinded by uh, the sort of club st- uh, structure of Man United. What was it like then going from a club like that where it's got all the tech, all the facilities, then going to a club like Macclesfield where it probably didn't have the riches of Man United? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, I remember going in and we were training. There was having some dispute with the training ground at the time and they weren't paying the bills, so we trained on a pack one day. We literally had to move dog shit off the pitch. Am I allowed to swear? I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah. We, had, we had to move dog dirt off the pitch. Uh, before we started training, and uh, it was a it was a bit of a culture shock, but uh, I was probably more conditioned to it than some of the other lads because I, my dad, I was around grassroots football. My dad played it, and <clears throat> I know what I was aware of the league structure and, and the yeah. finances in the game. So it was it it was a shock, but <clears throat> I was aware of it. Yeah, was that a move that sort of happened upon you? Because Maxwell's quite quite local, isn't it? For Manchester, yeah, I think I think Sir Alex at the time uh, was friends with Brian Horton, who was a manager at uh, Macclesfield, and the opportunity came up. I think in, in my my final season at, at Man U, and uh, that was always the plan to get out on loan. And I went there around Christmas time, I think it was, and uh, I wasn't playing much reserve team football, so I needed games, and I managed to get a few there, uh, which was. It's funny because you play reserve team football and you play with all these top players in training and then you go to a club like Maxfield and you play in Lincoln or you play in Oxford uh, and it's just a different world yeah. completely. Uh, which which is what, listen, I'm a massive advocate for getting young players out on loan as early as possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anything can replicate that that sort of proper mm. league football, can it? As much, mm. as, as, much as they do try mm. to in the... The players that go out on loan, they just always seem ahead of the curve, don't they, to the ones that just maybe get a few sub games. And then, like, I always go back, well, I'm a Burnley fan, so every player we've had who's kind of broken through, apart from Dwight McNeil, actually. Bit of a hypocrite, so I forgot about him. (laughs) Every other player, they've had a decent loan spell out, then come back and they look like they've grown taller, uh, stronger. It's made them, I always remember Jay Rodriguez went out to... Still in Albion, he literally looked a kid when he first broke through, and he came back from Scottish third division, and suddenly they were just ready for first team football. Yeah, just seems to be the making of it. Yeah, and it's such a psychologically as well. It's totally different. I think, especially speaking from personal experience, but you you see it now and again in players. uh, You're getting a little bit of a bubble at an academy. Uh, You you treated like a first team player. Uh, everything's done for you. Games don't mean anything, all right? To a certain extent, they do, but it's about development and getting players through. And as soon as there's three points on the line and, and you, you're literally playing sometimes to pay the mortgage, some some players will uh, need the win bonus or they need their appearance money or whatnot. It's just a different It's a different beast. And I think if a player can go out there and not so much physically cope with it because players grow and get stronger as they age, but I think psychologically, if you can send a player to a, to a club like Macclesfield, who was near the bottom, or, or or the alternative, I think it, in terms of development, it, I think it's massive. Yeah. Agreed. So now moving towards Chesterfield, because me and Josh are sort of Chesterfield local lads anyway. 
So at Chesterfield, you spent sort of nine amazing years winning two league titles on two different occasions, being named the PFA Team of the Year on both of the promotion campaigns as well. Also winning the JPT Trophy with Chesterfield, which is an absolute achievement in itself. Uh, is there a campaign that you sort of remember more fondly? Uh, for different reasons, I, I I enjoyed every season really, even the relegation seasons. It, it's I don't want to sound cliche, but it's especially when when I finish now, I look back and I just think what a privilege that is to be able to play football for a living. Do you know what I mean? And all right, relegations not good, don't want them, but you're still playing football for a living. So I look back on all the seasons, but I think my favourites got to be the two league wins. Uh, totally different, but. Same outcome, winning, winning the league on the last day as well, win, winning the game. We beat uh, Gillingham the first time under John Sheridan and then we beat uh, Fleetwood under Paul Cook and that was just just top draw. Yeah, really good. At home as well, weren't they both those, those last day in front of home fans? Yeah, and I think that in a, in a funny sort of way, I'm, I'm glad that we did sort of have a little hiccups along the way, that we didn't win the league. Yeah, three games before it, it always went to the last day, and uh, promotion had been sealed. But you want to win the league, you know. You're playing in front of your own fans, full stadium, and we need to win both games. Uh, but I think we could have probably lost both games and still won the league. Looking back now, but it's pressures there, and and just the feeling of relief, and having my family there, and my brothers, and all the Chesterfield fans. It, you can't. Uh, well, they're just memories I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. What's the emotions behind it? So when you hear that final whistle go uh, goes, and then you know you've won the league, what's sort of like running through your head at that moment? First one's relief, just especially the the uh, the games where we needed to win to to seal promotion. It's just relief because it's it's been your focus all season. We're going to get promoted. We're going to get promoted. And you get closer and you get closer, uh, and you don't you don't want to mess it up. And just to when we played Burton away this season, we won the league under Paul Cook. Uh, they just—it's relief, and then it's just happiness. You just—you just buzzing. You're buzzing for the lads, and you're buzzing for the fans, and you're buzzing for yourself. Uh, you're buzzing for the for the promotion bonus. It's just—it's it, it, just brilliant. It is just brilliant. Yeah. I the massive parties at the end. <laughs> with the team. Yeah, the parties are all right as well. Yeah, they're not <laughs> bad. They're not bad. The long seasons, especially. League two and League one, when you, you're in every trophy, uh, yeah. including the JPT. So I think I think the season we won the league with Paul Cup, we played almost 60 games, uh, and it's relentless. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So yeah, the, the parties at the end are definitely earned. That's for sure. I remember the um, I was at the JPT game, as I think most of the entire population of Chesterfield were. Um, it, I mean that that was sort of a bonus that season, weren't it? That was the the season that that you got relegated under John Sheridan, so it it sort of just felt like a relief for all the fans to sort of have this distraction. And I don't know, did that feed into the players at all? Do you, do you think that sort of get away from league? Let's let's put that to one side. And I think probably yeah. I, I think uh, we, we were backs against the wall that season anyway in the league. We didn't get off to a great start, and we sort of rallied a little bit in the middle, and then. Last few games we did all right, but it wasn't enough. And I think it's exactly that bit of a distraction. Uh, the JPT were a strange one, really, because we were all buzzing to win it. Unbelievable, uh, sixty odd thousand Wembley, 
in the build-up, it was all about Di Canio and yeah. Swindon top of League League Two, unbelievable team, better than Chesterfield, and it was comfortable really. Ooh. But we couldn't really celebrate because we had Sheffield United then yeah. uh, on the Wednesday. So so the gaffer let us have a, have a few beers on the coach on the way back, but then uh, we're back, I think we're back training Monday. So that, yeah, I look back at I think yeah, if we'd had a free week. That'd have been a good few days, I would have thought. Yeah, it's strange. It's like the League Cup, isn't it? You think when it's not middle of the season, you you, you can't really celebrate it. And then I suppose when the season ends, you mm. look back and you think fondly, but it's not like right, let's go and <laughs> let's go and celebrate that. The moment sort of passed, has not it? Which it's, it's a bit of a yeah, it, it's a strange one. Obviously, cup final should be at the end of season, shouldn't it? Uh, I think we'd all agree on that one. Uh, but the JPTs, I loved it. I loved it. I know. Like, Listen, it's not the same competition now. I think it's a bit of a, not a shambles, but I think they devalued it. Uh, but when when we was in it, every game was a derby. So, because it was regional, we were playing Rotherham, we were playing Mansfield, uh, Notts County. And all right, the 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 crowds weren't as, genu- generally weren't as big as the, the league games. But I remember we played Mansfield at uh, Field Mill in front of probably five or 6,000 and and they felt like good games. And I watch it now and it's, yeah, it's a shame really because it has devalued it. Yeah. It's just a weird decision they've made with that competition, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm sure that... I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I'd like to hear your opinions on it, fellas, because I'm not... I know I understand why they've done it, but for the for the clubs to vote on it and, and just devalue it, it's, yeah. it seems a strange decision. I mean, it's always been... A winnable cup competition for League One and League Two. Well, it's it, you know it, it ring fences, doesn't it? It's no championship in Premier League, so it was an opportunity to get to a cup final, like non-league have with the FA Trophy in the bars, mm-hmm. and just presumably for money, who knows? Thinking, oh, it'll get more crowds if we have Man United under twenty threes and whoever else. But fans have voted with a fee. They need to walk it back and yeah, get it yeah. back to what it was because. I mean, you see gates of like 200 and stuff, don't you? Now, if that, I remember there was one a couple of, like a year ago, like Port Vale against someone and it was like 88 people. <laughs> yeah. I think for, for the players as well, I think it's a bit of a degrading feeling thinking that, yeah. let's say the teams like Aston Villa or Man United or whoever's feeling an under-23 team, they're sort of like professional players. They're playing against like boys, aren't they, really? Yeah. I'm sure even in the under-23 teams, they're fielding like 17, 18-year-old lads. So it's just a bit a bit unfair for the teams that, you know what I mean, that are always going to be towards that competition. The teams, like you said, like Swindon, who probably would get a good chance of winning it. So, yeah, it's just yeah, no, I, I agree with that uh, 100%. I think to get to a League 2 football club or a League 1 football club, and be a professional footballer and earn a contract there is hard graft. Do you know what I mean? And it should be a privilege to play in to play in that competition mm. or to play in League One, to play in League Two. And these lads, listen, you can dress up how you want. Out of the, out of that eleven who are playing and and ten in the squad, you might get three or four who go on to have a career in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So listen, I'm not I'm not a conser- football conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think that. Yeah, yeah, I think they've devalued that. Yeah, it's a fair point that you make there. I never even thought of it that way. Uh, these kids playing for Newcastle or whoever else in that competition, it's probably 90% of them with the biggest game they ever play in. Yeah. yeah. First round of the JPT or whatever. 
your first call now. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, that's a reality situation, and, and I'm not sure how, how I'd have reacted. I probably wouldn't have been best pleased. Uh, and these, these teams, don't get me wrong, the beat league teams, of course they do, because yeah. they've got good players. Some of these Man City spend spend millions assembling their academy. Uh, yeah. So it's not unsurprising that they do get the odd win here and there, but yeah. I'm not sure if I'd played 500 games and up and down the leagues and, and done this and then I'm having to turn out against the under-23 side. Not for me. Yeah. It probably puts a bit of a friendly feel on it rather than actual cup competition. Yeah. yeah. No, fans. no fans in there as well. Probably also makes a few um, lower league veterans in the mid thirties think I'm going to give some of these kids a right good snapping as well. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> saying that though, I see the value for Premier League clubs. I absolutely see that getting those players that experience. Uh, I, I do see that side of it absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we've already spoke about a couple of managers that you've played under, but who, in your opinion, is the best manager? And why that you've played for? Uh, I, it's a tough one. I, I loved I loved John Sheridan. I love Paul Cook, but Danny Wilson was was top drawer, and I can probably find positives in pretty much every manager who managed me at Chesterfield. But I'd pick. I'd probably just go with Paul Cook. Just 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 edges it, uh, and that would be purely because he, he had a lot really. Uh, and his man management was top drawer, and uh, I think what what Shez and uh, Paul Cook had in common was the recruitment was unbelievable. Mm. Uh, signing players at the right time for the level, uh, and just slotted in lovely both squads that we uh, that they assembled, and uh, I think the pair of them good man managers, good tactically, know everything about the game, but recruitment, know how to get players into the club. Yeah. Yeah. Had some unbelievable players for League One. When you you know, with no offence meant by that, you look at the careers some of them have gone on to have, like yeah. Sam Morsey, Derek where we had at Burnley, I think is he at Forest still? I think he went to Forest afterwards. He's there, yeah. Yeah. Craig Davis sure he was I think. Uh, I'm definitely missing a few. Yeah. Holly Banks, Jimmy Ryan, Liam Cooper, Cooper, yeah, Liam Cooper, yeah. I mean, we, we just we just got players in the club who, who you could just tell at the time. I mean, these lads aren't going to be here long, and he managed to keep them for two, three seasons. And it's a shame that uh, we, we couldn't just keep us keep it together for another season because I think we would have probably ended up in the championship. Yeah, very close, weren't it? You had that. Um... Was it was it back to back? So you went up, won the league under under Paul Cook, and then and then straight on, got to to the playoffs. And I know a lot a lot of Chesterfield fans sort of still, especially with the predicament now, sort of hark back to that that team and see that as the. Can we can we just flick a switch in and get that team back, please? Because, it, I mean, it was a it was an unbelievable team, and I've I don't follow Chesterfield sort of closely. I'm a Man United fan, but I've always been local to the area. And that is the most exciting Chesterfield team I've seen, closely followed by the the league the league winning team under under Sheridan. It really was like a such a special time, and, and like you say, you look back now, and I don't think we were we were, we were a we were a goal scorer away from going up that season. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely believe that when when Doyle went to Cardiff at Christmas, we didn't really replace him, yeah. uh, and 
I think he got prob- I think he was 25 goals before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome, and, yeah, and there were players out there. We, we probably could have got players in, and we played we played Preston in the in the playoffs. And the difference between the two sides was Beckford and, and Garner. That was the difference. Uh, and it showed the beaters 1-0 in the first leg and then uh, second leg, the beaters 3-0. And I think Beckford got an hat-trick and that was the difference, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's easy to look back in hindsight and say we should have signed him, we should have signed him. Uh, but I do genuinely believe if we'd have signed one, two goal scorers, we'd have, we'd have got promoted that season. Yeah. It's a shame yeah. that. You just think if you just... Well... Made that agreement with Owen Doyle, you know, like we'll let you go in the summer, just give us this playoff campaign. Yeah. Um, I remember what I mean, as I say, I'm not, I'm a, as a Burnley fan, I'm no fan of Preston. My wife's a season ticket all at Chesterfield. I was absolutely gutted when he lost that for every conceivable way. But yeah. Beckford, it, yeah, it, I think he were on a three as well. Like you could have potentially got him to replace because yeah. Preston got him and he's got that trick in playoff final as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think, I think, he, got, I think he scored from the halfway line against us in the in the second leg of the semis. Yeah, uh, and th- that that was it. They had Joe Garner, they had Beckford, and it was just. I, I remember Klukes, who who was top top player, uh, as he's proven to, uh, to go on to what to what he's done. He had a chance in the first five minutes, one on one. I think he was playing up top. He could play anywhere. Klukes, he was, he was good, but he want he want a striker. Yeah. And he had a chance one on one in the first minute of the second leg, and the keeper saved it. And you're just thinking, the goal scorer pops that in one all yeah. there at home, fans are on the back, and, and you just never know. Uh, but yeah, that's probably, yeah, I probably look back on that season and just it, it's probably what could have been. Uh, and, and I got injured in the first first leg of the playoffs and missed the second leg, so that was that was hard as well when I look back on that. Probably the first time. I'd cried for a long time. That I don't, I don't mind admitting it. I remember yeah. I went over on it. And I felt a snap. Uh, got it scanned. Couldn't put any weight through it. And the doctor says, "Yeah, you've torn your ligament. Uh, you're going to be out for uh, six weeks." And I rung my dad like, and I just said, "Dad, I'm, I'm not playing like." Uh, and just started welling up a bit because it meant that much to us. We, yeah. I thought I thought we had it in the bag, and that that would have been a top achievement to, for that for that uh, team. It, it, yeah, it absolutely would have been, and. Not to take away from from the achievement that that's the closest Chesterfield have have ever got to championship as far as far as I know certainly in my lifetime. Um, I mean, fingers crossed they they can they can get back there because it's it's a sad sad state at the minute. Yeah, it is. It is. It's with it's um, good. with Paul Cook. Then obviously you mentioned how we we can see how good he was for Chesterfield. Did you see that in him? Um, what obviously he's gone on to become, I'd say, an established championship manager now. Um, you know, is he actually back in work? I think no, I think he's uh, unattached now. Left so Wigan with the whole Wigan thing, but I mean, you know, through no fault of his own. But did you foresee that from him after that season? He obviously went to Portsmouth, and I guess with the finances that they had, and he probably saw it as a better opportunity, I guess. But did you think he'd go on to become a championship manager after after Chesterfield? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you sort of get the sense. Uh, we did towards the end of that season. Uh, I think there was rumblings that there, there was. Uh, it, I don't think the gaffer was happy that we didn't. He didn't get back to, to sign a striker, uh, and I think that's his issue because I think Paul Cook with a bit of money is dangerous. I, mean, I think he's pro- he's proven that. I mean, to keep Wigan in the championship, yeah. uh, unbelievable, really. And it, I don't think he'd be out of work long, and he, he just had that. 
good managers are all different. The ones I've worked with, they've got different qualities, but he just had that knack of getting lads to play how he wanted them to play. Uh, excellent man manager. And he, he had this habit of just uh, persuading you he was right. Uh, so you'd go into his office, knock on his door with a bit of a grievance and you'd come out thinking, yeah, 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 he's right, you know, yeah, I'm in the wrong. And he just had that habit. I think that's really important for a manager. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not, not not surprising at all. And like I say, I think he'll be back in work pretty soon. So what do you make of Chesterfield then at the at the current situation of where they are and what do you think that they actually need to get back to being a, a football league team? It's sad, yeah. It's sad. It's uh, it's tough to watch at the minute. It's but it's been coming. I don't think anyone would deny that. Uh, dare I say it, poorly run uh, for a few years. Spent a lot of money on not very good players. Uh, consistently which is never good for a football club uh, and I suppose now the club just needs a bit of stability just even if it means staying in the in the National League for a season or two seasons get a bit of stability new, new ownership now so hopefully that'll be a positive for the football club and then just slowly build on it teams have done it Mansfield have done it Notts County have done it plenty of other teams have done it but you just need to get that stability I dread to think what would happen if uh, the club went again. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, right, we're going to move on to our Pro 5 questions, which is probably the best podcast questions that's actually around at the minute. So, <laughs> well, Josh, I'll let you run through that. Yeah, so as well, Tommy, we've um, so it's five questions. We've not had anybody get five out of five yet, and we've added an incentive. So if the first person to get five, the quiz is therefore named after them. From, from oh, the, the chance here for the Tommy Lee Pro 5 quiz. <laughs> there we go. And that's it. After that, that'll be what's your, what's your biggest achievement in football? That it, I mean, it'll obviously be the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, number one, you made 446 senior appearances in your career. Which teammate yep. made the most appearances alongside you? And I've got three, three options. So there's A, Drew Talbot, B, J. O'Shea, or C, Jack Lester. So I played in the same team as this player? Yeah, yeah. Got to be Drew Talbot. Yes, 240 times. Yeah. I was allowed to play with Drew. Drew was top draw. Top draw. He's one of, he's one of, one of them players. If someone asked you how did Drew play, and half the time you'd say, oh, I'm not sure. Because he, he just he does 8 out of 10 every week. Yeah, yeah. Eight, never made a mistake. Especially at right back, I used to love him at right back. Yeah. Loved it because you knew when that ball was uh, stuck, hung up towards the back stick, he'd be there to edit away, and very rarely got beat. Even when he was playing against pace and stopped his crosses, uh, yeah, just a top top player. Yeah, brilliant. Um, number two, you made your Chesterfield league debut on August the ninth, two thousand eight, in a three-one victory against who? How can I forget Barnett? <laughs> yes, correct. And Phil yeah. Tuna mentioned this as well. He said to ask you about the kit and concession. Yeah, I bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we had a goalkeeper called Barry Roach. Uh, he was there the season before me. He's six foot six. I'm six one with my heels on. Uh, so we've uh, so I've gone in first game of the season. The kit man Tomo's come to me. Tommy, a bit of a problem. So I'm like, 
go, go on, Tomo. Because I've only got triple XL uh, goalkeeper kits. I went, all right, uh, let's have a look at it. So he gave me this red keeper kit and it, it just drowned me. The shorts were massive, socks were massive, shirt was massive. So I'm, I'm there, debut for the football club. And I'm thinking, I can't wear this. Like, I can't go out wearing this. Uh, so I've cut the sleeves off uh, and I just lo- I looked terrible. I looked horrendous. Like, you look like you play smart, don't you? I wanted my kit medium, nice and tight, socks pulled up. Uh, and I just I looked like a kid, just drowned me. Anyway, the game gets going and I'm doing all right. Bit windy, underhill, quite a small pitch. And they got a free kick on the halfway line after about 20 minutes. And I'm thinking, yeah, set a marker down here. They're going to lump it in the box. I'll, I'll play nice and high, nice and positive and come and catch it. So I'm probably about 10 yards out from goal, maybe a bit less. And the fellas just hit a big diag. And it just caught on the wind. And uh, I, think I've, I think I've shouted keepers. And I'm thinking, no, that's going over my head, isn't it? <laughs> so I've, I've sort of like half gotten stopped. And I'm scrambling back towards the goal. And it's just hit the bar and gone in from the halfway line on, on my debut to make it one to them. Uh, looking like an under-12. So, yeah, <laughs> baptism of fire, that. But we went on to win the game 3-1, and uh, I was probably man of the match, so, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, next question. So, you're two for two, still on for the naming rights. Um, number three, you received two red cards in your career, one in an FA Cup match in 2007, one in a League One match in 2014. Who were they against? Chelsea, the first one. Uh, I think it was Shevchenko uh, took it round me yeah. down. Uh, n- no arguments with that one. He's bought it, but no arguments. And then the second, Chef United. Yes, correct. Yeah, Evo gave me a short back pass, so I've come running out. Lads nipped it round me. Uh, I pulled my leg back. He's dived. Ball's gone out for a throw in. He kicked it that far. And I could see the ref running over, and you can tell when a ref. Uh, he just can't wait to get his card out. And I'm thinking, oh, do it, ref. <laughs> He's pulled the red. And I said, first thing I said to him, that'll get rescinded. He goes, no, it won't. I said, it will, because he kicked it out of play. There's no way he's getting on the end of it. Uh, and I never touched him. And anyway, on the Monday, it got rescinded. So, moral victory on that one. Yeah. He did three, two. Was it on, I think it were on telly that game as well. I think it were on Sky. I to remember. Yeah. He was on top of United as well. Um, yeah. Stamford Bridge against Chelsea, obviously pre-red card, but what was that? Like you said, obviously Shevchenko playing. I think Lampard scored that trick as well. Um, after, after yeah, that, that, that was good. I mean, it was a full house and it was Mourinho was the manager at the time and uh, they, played, they played all the stars. I mean, the starting lineup was pretty much their, their first team with one exception and I was gutted about it. It, it was uh, Peter Cech. Peter Cech got rested and uh, they played... Uh, Carvalho, I think it was, who was a Portuguese fella. Yeah. No disrespect to, to, to Carvalho, but I'd rather have Peter Cech's shirt, to be honest. <laughs> uh, we, 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 I think we won all at half-time. We're, we're bottom of the league and they're champions of England. Bottom of the league too and they're champions of England. And we, we won all. Uh, John Murphy got equalised, I think, just before half-time. I got sent off and didn't have a keeper on the bench. So that was it. <laughs> who went in there after you'd gone then, Tommy? Oh, uh, Dave Morley, centre back. <laughs> uh, oh, that killed me as well because we gave him a ten in the paper, didn't they? In net, so in, in the sun or whatever it was. Second half ratings, Dave Morley ten. 
So the lads just stuck on there. <laughs> <laughs> there. Look, Dave Marley turning that. Well, no wonder Frank got hat trick then. I didn't know he were. He didn't say that in there. Uh, yeah, he did. He did get two of them past me. To be fair, <laughs> Patters back in back in squad, isn't he now as well? Yes, yeah. Out of retirement. Going Yeah. Had a director of football for a year, and now he's having a, another stint at it. Okay, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, question four: You played your last professional league game for Chesterfield on the twenty eighth of October, twenty seventeen, against who? Carlisle United. Correct. Four out of four. It's looking good. When you when you host when you sponsor the quiz, you have to pay for Christmas due as well. I didn't didn't mention that before. <laughs> We're locked down and out. We'll send some tins around for you. <laughs> Here we go then. Question five on the profile quiz. Uh, you played under 13 managers in your career, including caretakers. Can you name five of them? Not all of them. <laughs> oh, shit, that'd be hard. Uh, yeah, I think I can. John Sheridan. Yep. Uh, Paul Cook. Two. Danny Wilson. Three. Gary Caldwell. Four. And Dean Saunders. Five. Full house. Five out of five. Is that yeah. it? The Tommy Lee quiz? Tommy Lee quiz. The Tommy Lee Pro 5 quiz from here on in. Yeah. We'll get a plaque made and sent over. We've got David Beckham on in four years. He'll yeah. enter on the Tommy Lee quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was quite easy. I thought you tested it. You, you should have seen some of the people we've had on, Tommy. They would have thought it was easy. We've had two who's, who's been worse? Ben Thorne. Who's been worse? No, Ben Thornley. Ben uh, three. Steve Baines. Ben, yeah, two, two, I think. Steve Baines got one. Gaz yeah. Davis got two, three. Yeah. Mm. Well, I did well, yeah, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, well done. Well done. Right, so the last thing we've actually got for you, Tommy, it's... So we are Luke's a Burnley fan, I'm a Derby fan, and Josh is a Man United fan. One thing that we like to sort of finish off on is giving the weekend score predictions for each team. Go on, so then. for on Friday night, we've got Brighton versus Burnley. What do you think will be the score in that one? Is that at Brighton? At Brighton. Um, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to go over 1 0 Burnley win because my me, uh, me nephew is at the academy at Burnley and he, he loves them, so that's what I go with. Good man. Is he, is he one to watch? I, th I think he is, yeah. He's a, he's a keeper. Uh, I mean, he's only under 10s at the minute, but uh, it looks like he's got a bit to be fair to him. So, yeah, one yeah. to watch. Charlie Lee. Charlie Lee, that's it. Luke Gay written down. Yeah. <laughs> so, on Saturday at three, Derby versus Barnsley. Mm. 2-1, Derby. So I like you, Tommy, because everyone else has absolutely slated me. It's come on. <laughs> and then Saturday at half 12, Everton versus Man United. Big oh. game. Uh, oh. Gotta be a Man U win, hasn't it? 3 1 Man U. Got more faith than me. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts on United anyway? Uh, did they get beat tonight then? Yeah, lost 2 1. What the sports, Tommy, on United? Ollie in? Uh, it's hard. It's hard at the minute. Because 
I mean, you all know, one week they're unbelievable, and then the week after, yeah, uh, it's been consistent, aren't they? And uh, I hope I hope Solskjaer gets it right because, like every other Man, Man United fan, I love him. Uh, so fingers crossed. But it, it's going to take time, isn't it? I think it took Klopp. What did it take Klopp three or four years to win his first Liverpool trophy? Yeah. So uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I, I know I, everyone keeps talking about it, but everyone's saying about Pochettino. Would you take Pochettino right now? I wouldn't. No, no, I don't think I would. Uh, I'd, I'd give Solskjaer another season, this season and, and next, and uh, see where we are there. I, I just think you need, if you back a manager, you've got to give him give him time. I know he's had money to spend and and, and whatnot, but like I say, clock. Went through a lot of money and uh, a few sides, and Liverpool got to where they wanted to be. And listen, Solskjaer and Klopp are different people, different managers. But I think time is something that is definitely undervalued in football, especially when it comes to management. You've got to give time. Yeah, I, I do think. I, I don't think they'll give him the Not, time. What about you, Josh? I would. I would love him to succeed. No. I don't think he's the right man. Um, and I, I don't think they'll give him the time. I, I would love nothing more for us to, to get back to, to the top under Solskjaer because you can tell he loves the club and that, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think some of his tactical decisions are a bit a bit lacking. Um, he seems to like the formations he's got, and I, I don't know. I, as I say, I would, lo- I would love it to happen, but I'm, I'm not sure if it will, and I think, I, I think they'll get rid of him. Uh, I think they'll they'll start to feel a bit of pressure and try and deflect it away from themselves by bringing a, a shiny new manager in. Yeah, I I can see that point of view. I hope not personally. Uh, we've been through plenty, haven't we, since yeah. uh, my man left. So yeah, I suppose if you chuck enough mud at some, some some of it's going to stick in it. So if they go down that route, then yeah, yeah. So we can we just want to see my United lifting trophies again, don't we? We do. All of us. Oh, so the last thing actually on Man United, we spoke we spoke about Pogba. Do you think he's he? Well, would you get rid of him in, in the Man United team? Uh, personally, I won. I won uh, because I think he's better than what uh, the alternative. But I mean, it's clear to see him playing as well as he has done previously in his career. But I think a lot. A lot of the stuff with Pogba is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like people have got these opinions of him, uh, and it just sticks. I mean, the, the lad's a World Cup winner, and I think last season statistically, or the season before, he had his best season ever in his career. Yet he hadn't performed for Man United. So it's I'd keep him. I'd definitely keep him. There are plenty of other players who I wouldn't keep, but I'd keep I'd keep Pogba. I think it's his style of play as well, isn't it? Like, I don't know, people for some reason don't seem to like it if you're posting on Instagram or if you, <laughs> really, if you happen to smile that your child's walked for the first time after you lost 2-1 narrowly. It's, 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 a weird, it's a weird world with social media. And yeah, yeah. Like, you can't seem to have a life outside of football, which... It's a bit of an odd one. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I get that. People pay a lot of money to watch Man United or any football team and you don't want to travel length and breadth of country for your team to underperform and then on your way home you look at your phone and... Yeah, yeah. 
so-and-so's out for a meal and saying how beautiful his wife is or whatever. Yeah. I get that. And I think that's where... I think that's where players need to be a bit more self-aware with with the, with the social media stuff. I, I mean, I see things quite regular where I think, "What are you doing, mate? Like, yeah. what are you doing? You've been beat, but you're saying you're happy to get on and and, and get an assist." <laughs> I mean, what's what, yeah, yeah. what's all that about? It it baffles me. And uh, I'm I'm just glad I grew up when I did because I idolised Peter Michael, but yeah. I idolised him because all I knew of Peter Michael was seeing him on Match at Day and seeing him on Man United videos. Making his saves. That's all Peter Schmeichel was to me. But now, you, you, you know everything about every player. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's just a massive turn off for me now. When I, I don't, I don't want to know Peter Schmeichel's political affiliations or <laughs> I don't want to know what he has for tea because yeah. he's my hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to see him eating fish fingers and chips. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Social media for me, it's like, yeah, <laughs> not, not a massive fan of it's some of the stuff on there, but. Doesn't it? It removes that mystique. What you were just saying there's so true. Like, you know, I, there's a couple, I won't name them, there's a couple of players I've met who, I, as a kid at Burnley, I thought, you know, even now in Prem, still my favourite players. And one of them I met, absolute ball bag. And it, <laughs> I won't say it because I might get it wrong. <laughs> but it's, um, it does, it just breaks that illusion. And I'm sure there's kids who probably think, you know, Jesse Lingard, etc. If, if if it weren't for social media, he might have an easier ride than he's getting. But at the end of the day, I won't say he's just he's just a kid because, as we all know, he's actually twenty eight. Everyone calls him a kid, but I think you're absolutely right, Josh. I think the social media accounts of some of them, for whatever reason, are a turn off for people, and they just make a idea in the head of what they're like as people based on a couple of snippets on TikTok or whatever. I'm too old to know what that is, but. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got no problem with, with social media and players using it, not, not at all. And, and my only gripe with that is sometimes when the team's lost and the t- like, just have a few days off it, like, just yeah. stay out of the way. No problem. It's, I think it's a, it can be a great insight, but there's definitely something in that about never meeting your heroes. And uh, <laughs> I'm just happy I never, never had that when, when, we, were, when we were kids. Well, we've met you, Tommy, and you are a lot of Chesterfield fans hero, and I think I think they'd all be honoured to meet you. You've been a top man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I appreciate that, fellas. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you yeah. very much, Tommy. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers, man. Thanks. How good was that, Tommy Lee? What an absolute class act. <laughs> yeah, great guy. Great guy. Thanks again, Tommy, for your time. Top man. Let's get into our last week's predictions because we are so bad at it. <laughs> so, last week, Bournemouth versus Derby. Josh, I'm coming to you first because that was f***ing terrible. 6-0 you predicted for Bournemouth. Yeah, did it not finish 6-0? Not quite, it was 1-1. It's not far off. <laughs> there were two goals. Um, yeah, yeah I, I keep thinking Derby going to lose really heavy. Um, and they don't. I don't. I don't know anything about the game. I didn't even know how it had finished. Um, I still think so, every one week. <laughs> you've seen that Blackburn game once, and you thought, "Yeah, they're gonna get battered every week now." That's it. Yeah. Right, Luke. So for you, you had Derby to win one nil. You were very optimistic. Yeah. Why not? 
I thought you'd, I thought you'd win. Yeah. Bournemouth are to be poor. fair. Yeah, they're not great. I I had Derby between one 0 as well, but I won't go looked, I mean, I won't looked. go into my tirade about Jason Tindall that I actually had to edit out of the last podcast, such was the velocity and veracity of what I said. But that's something that just sits on the cutting room floor, along with lots of other things that would invariably get me in legal trouble. But I will just say, I don't think he's a very capable manager. Yeah, I don't actually know how they're doing it. League, I'm sure they're about, I'm sure they're top 10. They're not, they'll probably be up there playing with playoffs, but I can't see them doing too much else in League. They are. Oh, oh, oh fucking hell, they're doing, doing all right then, aren't they, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought they'd win 6 0. Always said Bournemouth are a great team, great young manager. I'm more focused on bottom six at the minute with Derby, so I'm not even looking up that, that, that far. So, uh, right, Luke, I'll stay with you. Burnley versus Chelsea, you had them to win 1 0. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, fair play. They absolutely battered us. No, no, two, uh, no, no bollocks from me about, oh, we played, you know, it was unlucky. They, they performed really well. Some very good German players in that team, isn't there? So, well, there were one. Havertz was terrible, yeah. Again, he was absolutely is he? isn't he meant to be an attacking midfielder? Why does he play like Chris Sedgwick? <laughs> Nobody knows who Chris Sedgwick is, mate. <laughs> Ex Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, Preston, defensive right winger. No, anyway. Um, big Sedge, yeah, Sedge. on one day. Sorry, Sergio. Hey, um, yeah, it, it doesn't impress me at all. 75 million, nah. <clears throat> Werner took his, he did nothing all game, but took his goal really well. Really well. Um, and yeah, they were just really good. Thiago Silva, magnificent. Rolling back the years at Chelsea, apart from that West Brom game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they impressed me, and I've been a very vocal critic. Chelsea, but I mean they were playing us and were absolutely terrible. So I won't read too much into it. Yeah, I had Chelsea to win two nil and got two points from that game. One goal out of the getting all five, but I just couldn't see Burnley winning that one. To be honest, I do think they'll turn it around maybe this week, but uh, we'll get on to our score predictions for that. But Josh, you had one one. As you're taking a drink. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought Burnley would do well and Chelsea were pretty poor at Old Trafford. Mm. Um, but they, I don't know, obviously set up wrong at Old Trafford or something. Thiago Silva were really good against us as well, uh, which surprised me. I thought he'd, I thought he'd get a part of that in Premier League. Um, but no, it wasn't 1-1. Um, no points again for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter Cech's coming out of retirement now, isn't he, for Chelsea, so... Well, anyone's better than Kepa. That, that, uh, is it Mendy? Yeah. Net for him? Looks all right. Yeah, he does. He Looks all right, cat flying around. He didn't have to do anything against us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of, I can't think of one chat. Well, Barnes should have scored after about two minutes, so I don't need to start highlighting. Yeah. Um, different game if he does. Maybe, but he didn't, so. Yeah. 
Right, last game then. Man United versus Arsenal. We all said it was going to be pretty boring. Josh, you had Man United to win 2-0. That's what happens, isn't it? If a predictor's to win, we lose. <laughs> um, Every week. Absolutely terrible. Completely and utterly outclassed by Arsenal, who I don't think are very good. Uh, tactics were completely wrong. We played a diamond with Scott McTominay on right hand side of it. So bad. What Pogba were doing for penalty, I don't know. I think he gifted them game because they they weren't great. They, they deserved to win, and their sort of energy and stuff in midfield were really good. Um, but I think that that sort of gifted them the game. Just really bad. We're playing again tonight, right now, and it's still really, really bad. Uh, yeah. And it's like with our PE manager, uh, PE teacher in charge. You said Denver Bars uh, come back to Warrington, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, when you leave all your defenders on opposition's box, it's quite easy to score. <laughs> so, Luke, you've actually gone for Man United 1, Arsenal 1. Yeah, I just thought it'd be a sort of rubbish top six draw, you know, like you get all the time. Um, I think it probably should have been. You know, actually, I, know, I do think Arsenal probably deserved it, thinking back. Um, I think United. I'm, I'm trying to remember that moments in the game there weren't uh, weren't really anything, were there? It was Man United versus Arsenal, mate. It probably weren't many chances um, at all. Pogba, I remember being particularly irritating. <laughs> various points. You just it's one of them players like he's in a decent position, you know, just outside the outside the box, rather than like laying it off, getting it wide to put a cross in or something. He just insists on doing two step overs, then invariably losing the ball. It's just. He's just a muppet, isn't he? I'd hate him at Burnley. I would. I'd rather have Dale C. <laughs> I would. I just, I just, I don't rate him. I think they need rid of him. Um, and I don't get why they're not starting that Donny van der Beek. I think he looked quite good when he came on. I remember he got to the byline at one point and crossed one, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, at least he's busy and he looks up for it. And he's probably like, hell, I'm at Old Trafford. I'm at Man United. I think Pogba just sees him. For some reason, I don't know why, he thinks it's all a bit beneath him. Um, so. I think that's always been the case, though, since he signed for him, isn't it? I yeah. don't think he's ever put that shirt on and thought, I'm going to die in that shirt for team. You know what I mean? He's just walked around the pitch so lazy. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, he weren't the problem specifically. I just, he did stick out as something that I remember from that match has been a bit irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same as you. I had a draw, 1-1. And obviously, 1-0 Arsenal. So, we were all pretty shit. I only got two points that week. Everyone else, again, got zero. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're bad at it. And it's quite funny, so we'll keep doing it. <laughs> so, this week's predictions. Luke, Brighton versus Burnley. I believe that's on Friday night. Um. I think it'll be a draw, um, which I'd be happy with because we've got a decent run of fixtures now. Well, we've got like seven or eight games with City in the middle of them, apart from that, I mean, because um, I just write that off every year. But I think this is the start of that run where we need to start getting points. Um, we've got Ben Mee fit <coughs> um, and Jack Cork, potentially, but not for the Brighton game. It'll just happen. Brighton, I'll say one or. So, Ben Mee fit 4-0 Burnley, yeah? 
<laughs> a 1-1. Right, I'm going to predict a 1-0 Brighton win for that one. I think Burnley's win will come at home. First win. Um, no particular reason, but I think me will have potentially some good minutes under his game against Brighton and then it'll shore up your defence, won't it? So, Josh, Brighton versus Burnley. Um, 2 0 Brighton. God, we all like Burnley or something. <laughs> <laughs> I predicted well, well last couple of weeks and got nothing, so I'm going against what I normally do. Going against the grain. I'm not going against what I normally do with Derby, though. <laughs> Derby versus Barnsley, then, Josh. I'll come straight to you. Well, Barnsley. At home as well for Derby. Yeah. Barnsley won the other night. I think it were, what were it? 2 or 3 0. 1 0 Derby. 1 0 Derby. Are you all right? This is where they get smashed 9 0. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what are you saying? 2 0 Derby. 2 0. Because Barnsley beat Watford 1 0, as I've just checked, against. They're decent, Watford. You beat Norwich away. Yeah. Yeah, but we've only scored three kicks. <laughs> Got two free kicks. Well, actually, that's a lie, Graham Shinny. Shinny Esther. She's popping up. <laughs> Very well known by the Irish fans, is Shinny Esther. Wow. Plays nothing like him, but Derby 2 0 against Barnsley. We're going to get a good win and we're going to start our run now. Very determined. Right, Luke, Everton, Man U. Ooh. Everton have. Everton have... Just started to hit a sticky spot, haven't they? Yeah. 1 0 Everton. <laughs> Josh. Um, yeah, we, we struggle quite often at, uh, at Goodison. Um, I'll say 2 0 Everton, and I think this is when the pressure really starts on Ollie. So, what you actually mean is you hope you lose 7 <laughs> 0. <laughs> Right. I'm torn I'm torn on this one because I do think Everton will win. I, I said it last week when I said, Oh, I want Burnley to win, but Chelsea 2 0. But yeah. I th- I'm gonna go 1 0 Man United. Ooh. I think it's gonna be again a scrappy 1 0 game for that one. Right, that's it. That's the end of this week's Pine of Pint podcast. Thank you all for watching again. You are definitely going to want to check out next week's. We've got an ex-England international, ex-Premier League legend, Warren Barton. Was it me? See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.